0: Welcome to the in Heels podcast with your host, Lara Nasesian, the podcast that shares the mindset, habits, tools, and tactics of inspiring women. Hi everyone, this is Lara Nassassian and welcome to the Boston Hills Podcast, where it is my job to speak with CEOs, founders, and other world-class performers to tease out their mindset, habits, routines, the challenges, stories, and so much more. I am so excited to announce today's guests because let me tell you, they did not disappoint. But before we do get into the episode, just a quick note, if you are enjoying the episode, if you enjoy this show, then please take a moment to subscribe, rate and review the Boston Hills podcast on Apple Podcast. It is truly the best way that you can show your support and that we can continually put out episodes like today's one. So thank you so, so much to everyone that has already done that. I truly see all the love come through for the show and I'm forever grateful. So with that being said, Today's episode is a bit of a masterclass in turning adversity into success. Alison Egan and Maria Lucas are the founders of the Institute of Aesthetic Teeth Whitening, but before they became friends and business partners, they were rivals in the dental industry. Maria was a trained dental hygienist coming from a family in the industry who looked at Allison, who was building a successful mobile teeth whitening company of her own without any formal qualifications. With just a little bit of skepticism. <laughs> so what began as a rivalry really turned into an overnight friendship and the two eventually have joined forces throughout the pandemic to start IATW. This episode is golden. We firstly we hit it off. The three of us met for the first time on the day that we recorded this in the studio and the girls are just absolutely awesome. We just had the best kind of conversation. This conversation went everywhere. We spoke about what it's like to go into a business with your rival, aka frenemy, and also talked a lot about setting really firm boundaries and the specific practices that Alison and Maria have in their day-to-day lives to protect themselves, to protect their energy, and to be able to sustain all of the things that they do. Alison also shared about what it's like to be a mum whilst running her empire and some of the challenges and and ways that she structures her day to be able to really do it all. So we really covered so much ground in this episode. There is so much wisdom, so much knowledge, so much insight. We really did go anywhere and everywhere. And the result of it was just a really insightful and enriching conversation. So without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with Alison Egan and Maria Lucas. Maria and Allison, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, Lara. We're excited to be here. Know, it's a beautiful Saturday. It is a beautiful Saturday. I love the fact that you're both so busy. And I mean, I'm busy too, but you're both exceptionally busy. And this is the only time we could find is 12 o'clock on a Saturday. So <laughs> the hustle is real. And it was really cool to meet you both downstairs before we came up to the studio because I have been following slash Stalking. I was about to say, stalking
1: is a better, um, is a better descriptive Unapologetically word.
0: Unapologetically stalking for years, and I'm just like watching you both be these powerhouses in business, and just being complete awe of everything that you've accomplished. And then when I saw the two of you come together and sort of join forces with IATW, I was like, whoa, like this is, this is really cool, and I'm just so intrigued. So I'd love to. See start by asking firstly, how did the two of you even meet? You know, I know that there's this like dinner that kind of happened, but what were all of the steps that led you to that point?
1: Um, I think it's, it's an interesting story. And I think we spoke about this just recently, actually, but as you just said as well, Lara, You you know, you were stalking us, you were sort of looking at our profiles. We also (laughs) had that natural intrigue for each other as well. So um, I won't lie, I was looking at what Alison was doing. And, of course, coming from my background, I was super intrigued with what Alison was doing. Uh, Here was, you know, someone who was sort of um, semi-encroaching into my space and I wanted to know what was that all about and I found that really interesting. Likewise, I think for Alison as well at the time, Let's say it was about 2014, yeah. as a newcomer to the teeth whitening industry, she was probably looking at me going, Yeah. And
2: what to me is like in the cosmetic world, I didn't really have much competition. So there was like, what, there was what, almost zero competition. There was competition nothing. I was the only at one. The there was no one doing yeah. it other than myself. So it was kind of just like you and me doing teeth whitening. Like, I mean, there's a lot more identities doing it, but like in our kind of industry, in our kind of clientele, it was really just us two doing it, mm. to be honest.
1: I think. <laughs> In terms of dentistry and social media as well, back in, let's say, 2011, 2012, it wasn't really common to put what you did in the dental field on socials, right? Yes. Like That started to really grow 2012, 2013. Obviously now it's everywhere and it's almost a little bit, you know, sort of – um I guess, overpopulated the industry um, in terms of it's in your face 24-7, whereas back then it wasn't. So I noticed Alison straight away, like <laughs> she stood out like a sore thumb in my eyes and I was okay. super. Flaming, in. Yeah, flaming <laughs> in. No, it, flaming And I was just like super like protective. I'm not here for a long time, I'm here for a good <laughs> oh, time. Yeah, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Oh, she, she came in like a true entrepreneur though and what she just said, not here for a long time, but a good time. It was almost like she's yes. going to come in with brute force and. A point of difference, a point of difference that admittedly I definitely did not have
0: Mm. at that point. Interesting, interesting. And from your perspective, like when, so who reached out to who first?
2: I think, to be honest, maybe we should have a look, but I'm pretty sure we were liking each other. Yes. And you liked my story.
1: It was was very mutual, but it was like, I'm going
2: to like her. Yeah, and I was like, hey, how are you? We should catch up. And then it just kind of was like, hey, I'm in Adelaide at the moment, but, yeah, I want to get back to Sydney. We should catch up. And then I think it was just... Kind of, it, it was very yeah. mutual. Like yeah. it was,
1: I was like liking things and generally interested in mm-hmm. what she was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure you know you. Same thing. I'd exactly like to hope that you yeah. were genuinely interested in what I was doing. Totally. And it was just a, a very sort of like synergistic mm. sort of relationship like that. Just an interest at first. Yes. I guess we uncovered when we had that um, when we spoke about this recently. There may have been a little bit of strategy slash ulterior oh, no. so, <laughs> Yeah, to, to wanting to understand and learn the more. The truth
0: comes out. Yeah. <laughs>
1: But I think that's also how you grow as a person yourself too, right? Mm. Like you need to sort of put yourself in a position where – you've got to have a little bit of natural curiosity. Right? Totally. What is the other side doing? You don't just shun them down. You know, you, you do dive deeper into what is actually happening behind the scenes and I like to think I probably do that in every facet of my life anyway, mm-hmm. as do you, Alison. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think sort you of.
2: need to know what everyone's doing to grow. Yeah. If you can't just think that you're doing the right thing and everyone else is, whatever they're doing is just going to be the it other It's going to come in front yeah. of you sooner rather than later anyway. So. Sometimes I think, sometimes, what do you say? Keep your, enemy, your friends closer. Oh, yeah, like when enemy in this case, you're
1: not exactly enemies anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, but keep your friends closer and your enemies closer, right? It's yes. sometimes one of those things that you do and want to mm-hmm. be curious as to what's happening on the other side.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you both approached this dinner then yeah. as from a place of I guess curiosity yes. and wanting to learn or find out more about each other. How did that dinner then translate into going into business together? It
2: definitely didn't. Um not yeah, a long, not time. A, yeah, it it was long like time. About yeah. two years of keeping in touch. Yeah, you know we both went through COVID together, so and we we're both in the same industry so we kind of both lost all our work 100% so we went from zero, uh, we went from full percent like 100% of work to zero work like we had nothing yeah so we we're going for walks every like
1: you know, week yeah, or we, we were walking. We were yeah. just, I guess, Ali and I became really good friends. Yeah. You know, there was there was always a discussion about, oh, I'm doing this at work. What are you doing in your business? Yeah, I'm doing this. We were yeah. always sort of bouncing ideas off each other. But yeah. I had my own thing happening, and Alison had, my, had my her own. own thing happening. And it we was were, kind
2: of nice to have a friend that was on the same level of page as you that liked yeah. the same stuff. So we yes. kind of both interested in teeth, both interested in the industry growing. It was kind of just like chat, like chit chat. Yeah, it yeah. was yeah. nothing chat. about business. It it was kind of yeah. just having a friend who had the same interest and passion as you, and it was nice because a lot of the time your friends don't have the same interest in you. Yeah. They like different things. They're not interested in teeth. They don't know what's going on in the industry. There's a lot of things that happen behind the scenes that people don't know about, so we we'll talked about that kind of stuff. Absolutely. And yeah. I think we would
1: casually throw around, wouldn't it be good to do something, do one, day. something one day? Exactly, mm. like maybe we could do this or maybe we could mm. do that. Like we would mm. never really sat down and mm. actually worked out what is it or what could we actually mm. do and mm-hmm. i specifically remember um the night you actually alison came to me with the idea Of course, the idea is girl. Yes. She, she definitely came no, it with was me after the to, podcast it was after you came on my podcast yes but it was the day actually that you announced that you were pregnant with oh. ace to you, yeah, we went to. A different- yeah, I didn't know to me, totally okay, not, not no. to the world. To me, so we went to Mateo. I'll I'll never forget. We went to Mateo and we we're out, we we're about to eat. And and Alison says to me, "Oh, I am pregnant," and I'm going to tell you now because you're going to think it's weird that I'm not going to be able to order a drink given our given <laughs> our normal history of when we go out and socialize. Normal drinking, yeah, and normal drinking habits. Normal drinking habits, because we're only human, right? <laughs> totally. And then it was at that evening, maybe because we weren't drinking alcohol, that she turned around and she said to me, "I've." Got got an idea about this training, what do you think? And mm-hmm. we, she presented the idea to me, we toiled with the idea, we, we sort of mm. unpacked it mm. loosely. No, yeah. it was, again, Maria will never yeah. say yes to something straight away. So she's
2: like, like the idea but we really need to put it down. And it wasn't until about nine months later yes. we went live mm-hmm. with it. Wow. It was a long time because both of us in the industry, like obviously I didn't want to bring out something that was not going to be selling to like the cosmetic world and she obviously didn't want to bring something that was going to get –
1: Maybe a bad rap yeah, maybe from, a bad from my in dental industry as so, well,
2: right? And you got to remember that we're going to be going to two completely different industries, so we had to, like, put it into one,
1: yes. two industries into
2: one. So you want to bring some part of the dental, but you don't want to train them in dental. They're not not becoming dental, dentists. But then with cosmetic world, you also want to train them up. So we had to, like, go in the middle to each other.
1: It was pretty cool the time. Yeah. yeah. It was- I guess as well I'm going to say, and this is quite a funny thing though, but if, if you know Ali and I quite well, Ali is the ultimate half glass full, <laughs> like too, the ultimate half glass full optimist. Rainbows, yeah, rainbows white butterflies. and butterflies, yeah, and just so happy. I am the ultimate so half glass empty. Okay, I am on the defense. <laughs> Right, I'm the defensive, and and I'm always going to look at the negative before I even Think mildly of the entertain anything positive. Right, yeah, and that's just probably a, unit you know, whether it's right or wrong. That's probably just my coping strategy and how I make things work. And Alison's strategies work different again. Yeah, That's just, that's just, I think a good yin and yang almost Mm -hmm. that makes it work well.
0: Absolutely. I want to come back to IATW, but what is really tugging at my curiosity, so I want to follow this, is how did each of you become the women in business that you are today? Because- I feel like watching both of you independently and then come together as well, it's like, you know, you obviously it's the yin and the yang. (laughs) So, you probably had quite different experiences or upbringing perhaps that shaped you into becoming who you are and everything has led you to the point that you are in today. What did that look like for you? Where did this hunger and this entrepreneurial spirit and this fire in both of your bellies, which you can just feel. Where did that come from?
1: I'll let Ali take this one first. Oh my God. How do I even stay
2: this? So pretty much, where do I look? So when I started, it was never ever going to be as big as it was in my head. It was never, I didn't ever expect it to be what it is today, right? So it was like, oh, if I do five clients a week, I might be able to buy a house. That was my vision of having this teeth whitening. I was going to do nursing on the side and then do teeth whitening after hours. And I had my vision. If I do five clients, I'm going to be out of my house in two years time. Like that was how I used to think anyway. And then from there, I remember telling my friends about it, doing, um, my friends after hours and then it came, like people calling me. I'm like, Hey, like, can I have my teeth? Whitening? I'm like, do you even know who I am? Like, it was really an odd feeling like, because I'm wanted. And then from there, within the first six months, it was okay, now I've actually got something that's kind of getting bigger. It was like growing and I was working almost 18 hours a day, just doing teeth whitening. Yes. It was unbelievable. And then I had in my first year, I had two staff members. So me and the two other staff members were just working and working and working. And to be honest, it wasn't until about a year ago, I was like, wow, I've actually got something that is, I've made this, I've created this. It didn't ever sit there and be like, this is what I want to be. I want to be a boss person. It wasn't It was never meant to happen. It was just, I loved what I did. And then I loved even more what I did. And then it became like a passion. And then it became like, I can grow like this and I can go to, I can go to America. I can go to Queensland. I can go here. And then at the time I met really good people. So I hired everybody that was smarter than me, (laughs) as you do. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, yeah, I really listened. I didn't, I had two ears and one mouth. So I always took in, I always made sure I only spoke what I knew and I didn't act
0: like I was better than
2: anyone else. And that's kind of where it is. still to that today. It sounds like it organically.
0: It sounds really organic because that was the question I wanted to ask you. Was Mm. like, did you have this vision for like I want to come in and disrupt this industry? Was it just (sighs) genuinely? Not until like like,
2: honestly when it became serious and. Two years ago, now I have like structures, like business meetings 24 7. Like we sit down for 17 hours sitting. We literally sit, sat there for, I think it was 14 hours the other day, a few of our, me and a few advisors in the company. What is the vision of this company? And we had to sit there and that was the answer. And that way you sat there for 17 hours talking about it. And you know what it is? It's making people feel confident. Mm -hmm. And that's when it becomes, it becomes a business now. So why, how do we make people feel more confident about themselves rather than not making them feel low about themselves and more comfortable about themselves? And what do we want out of this business? And where do we want to grow? And now it's become a business. But before that, no, it was something that I loved. It, It was like, I had to literally take on, take off my loving hat and, pull away from teeth whining. The hardest part of my whole entire job was pulling away from teeth whining. Yeah. I could not, every single person was like, "Allison, you need to pull away. You have 30 franchises and you're still doing teeth whining. Who are you? I'm like, I can't stop. I love what I do. But it was to the fact when I was like, okay, I'm ready to stop now. You can tell me a million times that I have to stop doing the teeth whining, but it's what I love doing right? And now I've pulled away from it and now I literally do business, but I'm ready to do that. So it wasn't until I was ready, to be honest. And I had to just love what, do what I love every day. And I think it showed that I loved it because people grew with me. A lot of people are now in my company, you know, there's not, we don't have 120 people in our company because we didn't love what we do. So it was like the vision from the top. I loved what I did and it showed down, yeah. if you know what I mean. Totally yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Where did that
0: idea for teeth widening come, come from, from It came from
2: a dream and it's so, like, what? cliche. <laughs> I
1: suppose, it sounds <laughs> like it came, it it, came, came yeah. like, in order to try and save a deposit for a house <laughs> in, in, in the beginning. It, like not, it, the, it didn't come that from the, that. It came from yeah.
2: I wanted to get my teeth whitened, and I was doing mental health nursing, like I was working in this, like, mental health industry um and I couldn't afford to get my teeth whitened at the dentist because it was like a thousand dollars on your side yeah yeah okay 750
1: today (laughs) but back then it was a thousand then actually it used to be more expensive yeah Yeah, and I honestly couldn't
2: afford it but I looked up teeth whitening on internet and it was quite big in Germany or like that kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. Quite, quite big over there, so I imported it, and I remember it broke in my face. The light broke. The light literally broke in my face. I was emailing this guy like, "I just spent ten thousand dollars, and this broke in my face." <laughs> <laughs> so, but then I thought, you know what? Give it another go. He sent me another one, and um, yeah, I gave it a go. I did my girlfriend, and then because we were like. I couldn't say big on Snapchat, but we had like, we had a bit of a following. Me me and my friends were pretty cool back in the day. And then it was like from one person to another person and yeah. I literally actually did all my friends for free first. And they I remember being in the group chat and they were like, I'm like, hey guys, I'm doing teeth whitening now. Do you use anyone want their teeth whitened? And like, they were like, What? The first first investors." <laughs> and that's how that's how it was. It was just a fun and loving thing that I did. Yeah. It was never meant to be this. And this
0: idea though, in terms of going to people's homes and offering a mm-hmm. mobile service. Mm-hmm. What? Where did that idea come from? Was Couldn't it-
2: afford a shop. <laughs> Honestly, like you think about how did all this happen is because – Zero dollars. I had nothing. So when you think about that, you just gotta make it work with what it did. But what it actually did, it was a really cool service. It actually led me into this. Everyone wants to be at home. Everyone wants well, to do it. Really convenience to people. Yeah, yes. That's what you're doing. Convenience Your- and confidence yeah. to people these yes. yes.
0: <laughs> And then you started posting on social, social media. media. And I must say, at the
2: time, social media was was where it started. So it was like, again, I always also look at it. I was at the right place at the right time. Like, I don't know how else to say it. Like, I don't have any, like, I was never meant to sit here and say that I was meant to be an entrepreneur. This is what I wanted to do. I loved entrepreneurial stuff. I was like the captain of my netball team and I've always been like that kind of person, but it wasn't, I didn't put a business plan down and say, this is how it's going to work. Yeah. Not at all. Nothing like that.
0: So where did you, and I'm going to ask you the same questions, Maria, in a moment, but like, where did you learn how to figure things out in business? Because you're you entering- make a lot of mistakes. Yeah.
2: You learn from mistakes and you learn from doing time and time and time and time and time again. Again, all I ever say is I literally had two ears and one mouth. I listened, I listened, I listened. I didn't sit there and say that I was better than anyone else. When I was at the table, they would all be smarter than me. I would listen to what they were saying. I wouldn't make a decision from what they were saying, but I would listen to their advice. Mm -hmm. And most of the time people are going to help you. People actually want to help you. They want to see and they're not going to – they all get financial gain from it, but – you know, if you pay the right people and you know the right people, you will, you will grow. Mm. You will grow.
0: Yeah. you know, It's a testament because I feel like it's just so interesting how organically almost this business started for you. It was like, it came from a dream or a vision. Mm -hmm. And it's like the, the motivation for you was if I can get five clients a (laughs) week, then I'm going to be able to afford a house. And it's like, as a result of that, and you just being curious and asking the right questions and Mm -hmm. failing as you Mm -hmm. go and failing forward you've been able to build this Mm -hmm. empire
2: and it's really Mm -hmm. funny like the other day in one of our big sessions that we had one of the guys go don't ever think that one wrong decision is a failure think of it as an investment and I was like whoa yes and he goes and he said to me change like for example I want to be this company right he's like you say I'm going to be this company rather than I want to be and I was like You know, a few words that you change actually change your mindset. And it is so true. Like I go out there every day. I'm like, this is what I'm going to do today. I'm not, I want to do, I'm going to do it. And and I think that's where it's different. Or someone will say, you can't do it. I'm going to do it. Whether you like it or not, I'm going to do it. I love that. I'm I'm going to find a way to to do do. it and I'm not going to take the answer, Mm -hmm. no.
0: Like it's that's such a simple yeah. change of language, but mm-hmm. sometimes that change of language is the difference between you actually doing yep. something and you just sitting and dreaming about it. Mm-hmm. So that really separates the the dreamers from the doers, right? I love
1: that. I love that.
0: And Maria, what about you? Because I feel like you've taken more of perhaps a traditional path, um, right? I was about so, to say my, yeah. th-
1: my path definitely didn't start with any sort of entrepreneurial bones um, whatsoever. My upbringing was great. Like, you know, I came from a a traditional sort of um, Greek family. However, the only difference um, early on in the piece is that I came from a broken home. So I had, you know, parents that divorced early and I was a child that sort of went through a really sort of messy sort of time in the family. So I think from a young age, and I often say to some of my closest friends between, because I would often never be able to talk about this as freely as what I can reflect on it now, but between sort of the age of let's say 10 to 15, whilst I had love loving parents, great-grandparents who obviously aren't around anymore, um, I still witness things that I wish I'd never witnessed, right? However, you go through those things, you experience those things, and I think what I taught myself or what I was exposed to at a very young age was that independence was really, really important. I never wanted to be in a position in particularly financially, right, where I had to rely on somebody else. And whether that means that you throw yourself into an entrepreneurial type business, whether that means you study really hard to get good grades to go to, you need to get a good job, whether it means you save up your money um, so you can afford to buy X, Y, Z and set yourself up for your future. All of those things are right. Okay, they're not, they're not wrong. You can do them in different ways. But that was sort of ingrained in me from a really young age and possibly at that time for the wrong motivators as well. Like I had a bit of an upbringing where, like I said, it was great, but a little bit based on fear as well. And I just didn't want to be out on my own With nothing, like I sort of had that sort of, um, scare factor in me. But sometimes those motivators drive you to actually do great things later on. I think when you get older, you can reflect on those things. And now I find myself in my mid thirties looking back and, you know, reflecting on that. And it may not have been the right way back then, but it was the, you know, it was the right way for the purpose that it served. Yes. You know, so definitely a more traditional upbringing, Um, you know, like get home, read, go do your homework. Um, You cannot leave your room until you've done (laughs) this. And I was the kid that was obedient and listened. Oh, me too. Very much so. Like I feel like Ali would buckle the curve probably as a kid, whereas I was like (laughs) I'm going to get in trouble you know I had two older brothers who were like you know second and third dads and then I've got my dad and then I had a grandfather like he's a man everywhere in my family like I couldn't do anything right so oh my gosh you and me both this sounds like my upbringing like I listened to the rules sure I had fun but I I was very much a rule follower Mm -hmm. and again what I've learned as I've gotten older and I reflect back looking at and I say the next generation even Ali being that sort of seven eight years younger than me is that it's not always about following the rules anymore Mm -hmm. whereas my generation, it was, it was about following the rules. And then again, yeah.
2: my mom and, like, our parents. Well, that's even worse. worse. Yeah. That's even worse. Yeah. Like,
1: my parents are quite, they're great. My dad's not around anymore, but, you know, they were wonderful, but they were conservative in their mindsets. They didn't want to take risks. And even when they see me take risks now, you get they have a meltdown. Oh, my mom! <laughs> like, what are you doing? What? How much money are you spending? Oh, my God. But are yeah. you sure you're going to get a return on that? Mm. I don't know how I feel about this. Like, mm. And then you start to sometimes second guess what you're it's doing. It's like
0: conditioning. They're very yeah. risk adverse. Incredibly yeah. so,
1: right. Yeah. But them sometimes not taking huge risks also served a purpose for them too, right? So again, it's not always a right or wrong, but definitely a more traditional upbringing, um, traditional line of education, I should say, which then sometimes can breed its own problems too. And again, I've learned that, Sometimes just jump in and take the risk, right? Like I look back and I go, I wish I had done more of that. Like I did, I've done it. I've done it already, but I wish I had done more. If I could go back and say to my younger self mm. to jump in again and push harder, I would have. Mm. Even though I did, compared to a lot of other people, yes. I always think I could have pushed even harder again. Like, why didn't I buy that, or why didn't I do that, or why didn't I take that leap of faith? Mm. But now you have that. Now sure, you have that. Sure. But in hindsight, in, in, yes. At, at hindsight, in hindsight and retrospect is such an amazing thing isn't it um but I also think as well and I say this to Ali a lot ignorance is bliss so <laughs> as you get older naturally you become of course a bit more risk averse that sometimes when you don't know as much yep. you do jump in a bit more with two feet and look at all the positives and often it will work out fine because yes. in life generally most things Work out to be okay. Yes.
2: But I always say to myself, yeah. if I started a teeth whitening business now with a kid, a family, a house, It would have been a, house, a completely
1: different thing. I had no fear. <laughs> let me tell you. And I had yeah. nothing to lose. <laughs> let me tell yes. you. But now,
2: I would, like, I would think, oh, my God, I'm so, no, I'm not doing that, Alison. Pull yourself away from that. Or yeah. get offered, like, an investment into something or something. I'm like, oh, I am got it. not yes. touching that. Like, but before I'd be like, yeah, sweet. I will just... Give it a go, you know? Yeah,
0: when so, you've got nothing mm-hmm, to lose and mm-hmm,
1: you, you just have everything
0: to gain, right? It's different. So, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. A different, it's a different game. Yeah.
1: yeah. Like yeah. I moved totally. from my hometown of Adelaide to Sydney when I was 24 at the time. Now, if you told me to move now at the age of 35, 36, I'd be like, what are you kidding? I'm not moving. Like I've got a mortgage, I've got this, I'm involved in a business, I've, I've got patients I need to see at work, like I've built up all this stuff, right? Whereas back then- when you are, often younger you've got this energy you've got this drive this fueling passion that you're, you're happy to put those grinding hours in to yep. get there but like we spoke about this morning you sort of you hit sort of 34 35, <laughs> and you're like, I need seven hours sleep I, I need yes. that I can't do this four or five hours because that whole busy hustle thing also isn't glamorous anymore it mm, used yes. to be it's actually not and yes. I hate how I we agree. glamorize that being busy makes you important like okay, I think okay, yes. being Busy bullshit. Like that's what I yeah, think. Yeah, and it's, it's like I a, feel yeah. like that yeah. phase, There
0: was a real like hustle phase, hustle yeah. culture, glamorising that, glamorising
1: you don't need sleep and, you know, you can still. And I know. used to be that. I, I used to like I, priding myself on telling everybody I only need three hours of sleep oh, a night. It's, it's like a badge me. of honour. I know. Yeah. i like, yeah. I don't tell anything to Instagram anymore.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it's 1 o'clock in the morning and I'm still awake at work. How embarrassing.
2: Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs>
0: what is it? (laughs) But I feel like this is really interesting because um, I'd love to hear from both of your perspectives, like how do you actually fit it all in? How do you actually do all of the things that you're doing? Because you've both got your core businesses, but then you've also got IATW, which I want to talk in in Mm -hmm. a little bit more detail in a moment. Mm -hmm. But how do you balance Alison? You're a mum now as well. You know, how do you fit all of these things in? Like, how do you structure your week or your day to set yourselves up for success without burning out?
1: It is very structured. It, it's, it, it's very structured. Whereas I'm probably, well, you're, would you say you're super structured? Like, super structured. Yeah. Super time I wake up, time
2: I go to the bed, meetings. I will not do anything if i have like a if i have one meeting on that's really important i won't book anything else in for the rest of the day because mm-hmm. i need to be 100 that's the only thing i would do marie will call me I'm, like, I'm so stressed i can't talk to you right now like just five minutes yeah. but like yeah so very 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 structured with a calendar obviously i have jason who makes sure everything is 100 um i make two decisions a day that is it <laughs> i'm very strict on those kind of things because at the moment i've got a lot of things happening um with like retail, big companies that I'm working with. Like there's a lot going on and. I've had to pull away from CEO position to work on just these two big projects that I'm working on, and that's the thing. I put someone else in those positions when I'm doing it because I know that I cannot do everything. And what I've created, I don't want that to fail because something else is happening in the background. Mm-hmm. So it's very, 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 very structured in my life. Yeah. I go to Pilates every single day. I have never missed it. Okay, I need the <laughs> granular
0: minutia detail mm-hmm. about your like the moment you wake up. Like, what time do you wake mm-hmm. up? Like, what are your like specific no, like-
2: wake up any earlier like six o'clock is normally the time I wake up um I try not to go on my phone until about eight I try my best if I don't if I can because I do like to have a bit of family time and make sure like my son gets to school good he's at school three days a week and then I've got my family so I have a lot of help I must say like a lot of help with my family which I'm very blessed about because I know a lot of people don't so I mean like god wish god willing it's like the best thing ever and it's good because he's really close with my like my in-laws as well and then obviously my family so it makes me feel really happy that we're all kind of doing it together and it, does, it mm-hmm. does take a whole entire tribe, village lineage, tribe. to get a family yeah. and um yeah so pretty much becoming a mum has changed me forever it's actually to be honest given me a lot of purpose in life and I have never ever spoken about this but when I was pregnant I really struggled I was I couldn't understand how I was going to have a baby, have a business and have it all. Like it didn't make sense to me because I was working so much that I'm like, I'm either going to lose my business or I'm going to be the worst mum ever. And then the minute that I had this kid, I was like, holy shit, I can do it. I can do it if I put my hand to it because I love this kid so much. He gives me so much purpose. And I can also have this incredible business and I made it work. I can oh. honestly say I made it work. I had him on the Thursday and I went back to work on the Monday. Of course, but he did. He came with me. He fitted <laughs> yeah. into my life. He literally, he just—I didn't fit in his life. He fitted into yeah. my life, and I swear to God, it's the best thing that ever happened to me.
0: Oh my god! It's weird
2: yeah. to say this, like, but I wouldn't have said this being pregnant. I was—I didn't want anyone to know that I was pregnant. I was really. Not understanding that I was pregnant until two weeks. I didn't buy a thing for my son until I was
1: two weeks before I was pregnant. I'm pretty sure Ali was in denial for about seven and a half months was, of her pregnancy. I, I think I suffered, with, yeah. I
2: suffered with prenatal depression <laughs> rather
0: than postnatal. postnatal yeah. I so swear to God it's a thing. I, I don't know. I can't explain it. But I know. I actually yeah. have someone very close to me. I'm not going to yeah. name their name, but yeah. someone very close to me who is yeah. exactly the same as you. Yeah. Like working in – she literally had her laptop in the yeah. hospital room and was yeah. working while she was in labour. Yeah. And the nurses turned around to her and they're like, are Give you up? insane? Like <laughs> what
1: are you doing? <laughs> it <laughs> makes sense, right, because you're about to embark on – it's something that you've never experienced was, before. I
2: feel like I could have taken control with my business. I've always been in control of all this, but I wasn't in control with the whole pregnancy thing. Cause I just didn't know. And I was so new to this world. And I was like, I don't even know if I'm going to be a good mom. I know I'm going to be a good businesswoman because I know what I'm doing every single day, but I don't know. The minute that I had him, I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to be the best because I love you so much. And it just all changed and that's when, but it came structured for me. Like Mm -hmm. I had to be really structured and COVID helped a lot with um, having him as well, because we're actually in lockdown for a long time. So like, frankly, work wasn't as as busy. I had other States working, but Sydney wasn't as busy. So we weren't going into the office. I was able to have my mom and have my business and have him. And it kind of just all happened at the right time. I can't explain it. It's weird. And then um, when COVID ended, he was kind of going into daycare because I was going to have full-time nanny, but then I was like, no, I want my kid to have a normal life. I want him to enjoy like with other people. I want him to be social. He's really social point. So I did the right thing by him and yeah. what he does. So yeah, so it's just really structured from nine till <laughs> whatever time it is. <laughs> and then, um, I make sure from, so three o'clock to six o'clock, I do not take a phone call. I'm, um, I go and pick him up from school. I spend, I bath him, I do whatever, and if I need to go back to work, I go back at six, and then from six o'clock onwards, I'll work. But yeah, every single day from three to six, don't call me because I'm not answering. <laughs> <You> <laughs> and I think of, you, have to, you have boundaries in to. place, and I think y- you can get whatever you need to get done in the amount of times that you do. And I am twenty-eight years old, so I still do have a little bit of energy sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> wait till so, you're thirty-five. Yeah,
1: wait till I'm <laughs>
2: thirty-five. I'm sitting here. I can't even. And talk, but I'm thinking, <laughs> no, 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 I, I still do have
0: a fair bit of energy, and I love what I do. So you do you're it all. energized yeah, by yeah. it because mm-hmm. you love what mm-hmm. you do, and you love mm-hmm. your son. So you prioritize yeah. him, yeah. and I think actually having that good structure and those disciplines in place almost makes you more productive yeah. because you're like, you know what, this is my dedicated time, like between six am and nine am to do this, yeah. and then between like nine and three, it's like to do this. Yeah. Three and six is like this, and yeah. then six onwards is a different block, and it actually forces you to be so much more from my experience effective in the time that you do have when you think you have the whole day or the whole week to get something done you end up procrastinating what do they say? wasting if it takes time a week to clean
2: your house you'll do it in a yes. week yeah i agree and like you really know what to say yes to and what to say no to i'm very i used to say yes to everything i'd be mm. like yeah i'll just do it anyway even though even though it's not going to be worth anything, I'll just do it anyway. But now I'm like, no way. I'm not touching that. It doesn't do any benefit to our business. It doesn't do any benefit to our family. Yeah. No, no. So I've become very like, no. And yeah. what I want and focus and I'm in one line. I'm not mm. taking all these zigzags anymore. And yeah, really really loving what I'm doing. I love <laughs> how
0: you've been able to really cultivate and create that for yourself because I think that you epitomize, you know, what the definition of a successful working mother looks like who's also not just a working mother but has a freaking empire that she's like built in the in the background. And so it's just really actually really nice to see okay you actually can you can
2: have it all and you can also i I put an instagram photo that i'm at with with my friends or a dinner or something and people like what about being your mom i'm like you know what (laughs)
0: <laughs> like no, like
2: I can also do that too. Like you can, you There's can have theater, a life. You can you're have a alive. life. Yes. Like you your your son loves you and you give him hundred percent attention you're still when you want to with go him. out for dinner with you're your friends. Stu- yes. like, oh, that's ridiculous. But you're so yeah. present yeah.
0: when you're with him. You're not taking phone yeah. calls, you're not on mm-hmm. your phone. And mm-hmm. I think that that quality time is everything. Yeah. And arguably better than being around him mm-hmm. all day, but then only giving him like 40% of your attention. Couldn't agree with so, you. More. Yeah. Couldn't agree with
2: with you more, yeah. Ooh. It happens, it works, it works. I
0: love <laughs> that. And Maria, like, you, how do you fit everything in? It's and- a good question,
1: hence <laughs> why we here. She does it sometimes. sometimes I hit. don't, no I, no, I won't lie. Sometimes I don't. I'll, I'll give it to in. Maria
2: from my point of view. Maria's one of the hardest workers I have
1: ever met Ooh. in my life. Ever. Sometimes ever. I don't fit everything. Thanks, Alan. No, it yeah. actually means a lot. It, it
2: actually blows my mind yeah. away with how hard she works. and if something is due, like, for example, in our business that night, I will have it done that night. She will have it done six weeks before. And I'm like,
1: how do you do I, this? I've also got really bad OCD, like, I, like really bad. Like it's just, I think it's going to be that thing that I'll die with one day. And so it's like I can't rest until I've just done it. And I think, I mean, my life, again, structured like Ali's, but different structures So obviously working as a provider. Um my whole life is run by an appointment schedule. Okay, so I've, I see patients anywhere between eight to twelve a day. I, I'm in the surgery from eight a.m. in the morning till about six at night. So there is no, there is no messing around. That these people have made their appointments well in advance with me. They've cancelled their work day or their work meeting or got sitters for their kids or whatever it is to book in to have a procedure with me. So I am there. Okay, so between eight and six, it's like I'm fully dedicated to obviously my everyday job. Mm. I like to schedule breaks during the day where I can they often get interrupted with an emergency appointment or and in medical you just you do it right like you yeah. have to do it and and that's why we do what we do and I think it's important because that maintains the goodwill of our business and that we're there for our patients which is mm-hmm. I guess my ethos as well with me as a healthcare provider that's really important to me but mm-hmm. There's a lot of hours between eight before 8 a.m. and a lot of hours after 6 p.m. Yes. So I, I do have strict rules. Um I wake up at 6 a.m. First thing I do before I get out of bed, I'm going to make myself a black coffee, like straight away. Um I don't want anyone to talk to me for about 15 or 20 minutes. Like it's Fair. just, it's just, I just need to like wake up. I, I will, I'm not gonna say I don't look at my phone. I look at my phone straight away and clear my inbox. I wanna have a look and see what's in there. Has something come in that I need to get to? Uh, Otherwise I'll be thinking about it all day and then with my schedule I won't be able to get to it between 8 and 6, right? Mm. So it's like I will check that. I'll try and get out and go for a quick walk if I can or just get the body moving, mm-hmm. maybe fit in some meditation if I can. Mm-hmm. That, that is really important to me. Yeah. So then I will make my very important phone calls mm-hmm. between 7.30 a.m. and 8 a.m. Alison yeah. is on that list. Always. I love my it. Mother, my mother's <laughs> on that list. Right, that's also really important, obviously, and also my accountant is awake at the crack of dawn at 7, 7, 30 a.m. He knows it. So, like, there are important people that know that will take my phone calls because the, that's the the oh, down The time. window. The window. Mm. I'm in the car. I'm calm before the shitstorm of the day started, okay, <laughs> yeah. because once you're there with clients, you're, you're dedicated with patients. You're at their service and at their beck and call. There is no, um, Mm -hmm. I I can't see you or just wait for me. Like it's not about that in our dental world. Like you're there at their discretion. Then we've got lunchtime, lunchtime meeting if I have to. Always. And then obviously the end of the day, again, I've got, I mean, you want to have a life, right? Like Ali said, but Mm -hmm. I've sort of made a strict rule that I'll do like two social things at nights a week. That's it. Like so happy to do whatever. I think it's important to see your friends. I think it's important to see, Mm -hmm. you know, or go to events. But I am also grateful at saying no, like Mm -hmm. I'm not doing that on Tuesday night because A, I also know that energy wise, I need to be home. Yeah. And also if something comes in that day that I need to work on, I need to be free between, let's say, the hours of, you know, seven to nine PM at night, that I want to be able to jump on my computer and do my work and get it done before I go to bed. I don't want to go to bed late. I need my sleep. Again, I'm not going to glamorize no sleep. I need these days, seven hours sleep. Absolutely. And I want to be able to wind down too. So I think you need to be able to say and put a hard stop on a no or say I just I can't do it that night. And even with weekends, like weekends become really valuable to me, right? I've got 48 hours on a weekend where I'm not in my normal job, Mm -hmm. right, which means that I can work on our business with Alison on ITW but also Work on, then you've got yourself. the life admin of your own life, whether it's you own properties and you've got to then check and see what's going on with that, or you're on a strata committee, or you're trying to work out a renovation for this <laughs> or that, or, or all that sort of stuff, right? Yeah. And that's where the weekend comes into it. Yeah. But again, you need to have a hard stop. You need to balance it. It's, I mean, it's not a easy. wind down
0: time as yeah. well on the weekend. Mm-hmm. You actually mean time to yeah. yourself, time to self care, time you might to, want to sleep, sleep in. down. <laughs> yeah.
1: like I actually schedule. it. a kid. Yeah. Well, a <laughs> yeah. kid. But I actually schedule like a, okay, tomorrow morning I've done all of this and I'm going to allow myself to just have those three, four hours to myself. Like I I just need that. Yes. You know, otherwise you're going to drive yourself nuts and then you're going to be cranky. Yeah. And Alison has seen me when I'm cranky and it's not nice. Yeah. Have you seen me cranky? No. A few times. She never gets cranky. She's short. She's not cranky.
2: No, I get really short. But to be honest, I've really learned in business not to get cranky about things. Like things are going to happen all the time. Let it happen. You know yeah. what I mean? And I used to care about people copying me and all that kind of stuff. I don't give a shit anymore. I'm like, I'm in my own lane. Totally. You have to copy me to do what I'm doing, so good luck with you. Yeah.
0: Do you know what I mean? Like, I, it doesn't. nothing bothers me. I don't even look at other people's stuff. <laughs> I love that so much. Though. I think that when you are so in your own lane yeah. and all you're doing is yeah. focused on what you need to do and you're focusing on being more of a creator rather than consuming and what worrying other, yeah. about what everyone else is doing, yeah. that energy goes into creating. To to bettering your business, to being a, you know, whatever it is that you need to do to work on yourself or your, or your, grow your business. I think that is the energy that you're choosing to well, focus I, but in. But I think when
2: you get to a stage, you're just like, wow, I've just got too much other cool things mm. happening around me that I, I don't, you don't even, have the you interest to
1: actually watch somebody else it's anymore. It's a waste that's of energy. biggest problem.
2: I'm like, and, like, you know what, the bigger companies, like the big boys in the, in the industries, you're all friends with them more Like it's like it's so cool because you're like all these little people that are copying everything you're doing, you're like, oh,
1: like it's okay, but, you know, the, we're actually all working together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I often think to add on that though, like when I look yeah. at what other people are doing, and excuse my French when I say this, but I sometimes look at it and I go, oh, it's all the same shit anyway like you actually get disinterested yes. looking at what other people are doing because it's it, nothing it's new. the it same tired. thing it's almost like someone said to me oh, aren't you jealous watching everybody weigh in Europe at the moment and I said okay like sure I'd love to be in Europe too I'm not clearly but yeah. then after a while, I'm like eh, it's just all the same shit yeah like it's just the same bottle of rosé and it's the same boat <laughs> yeah. and, and it's the same beach club but, but like it, we've I'm, a I've done it before but B yeah, like, I'm over it. Like, yeah. You just, you, you just get to a point you where you relate really, that back to your own you sh- lane, you right? Be, it's be just the just same
0: thing. Do you? You mm-hmm. do you. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. if everyone focused more on, on their them. own life, their yeah. lives would actually be. improve because they're putting that energy back into themselves as yeah. opposed to yeah. worrying about what everyone else is doing. So I, 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 I just love that you both <laughs> think that. that, that I think that's why we,
2: like, work so well together as well because yes. we are, like, we're really focused on what we're doing yeah. and what, where we want to go. Alison and I are very different, though, i have got to say. We're I super mean, different. I come up with, like, a lot of the <clears throat> ideas ideas about like for example we're working on something at the moment and i said to maria the other day you know there's different categories in training and she's like what do you mean and i explained it to her and i said we need to cover every single category we're covering the you people like maria the ones that will not go out without being fully trained ask a lot of questions we haven't covered me like i'm the person that will break the boundaries a bit and we haven't even got that people like, we haven't hit those yeah. like if they don't have to do a training course why would they do one you know, and then there's people that just they might only have and like. And on a
1: side note, that's why Alison and I did get together because mm. our – in our space of teeth whitening, um, it's an incredibly unregulated industry. Yeah. So yeah. we we try and also bring up and raise a standard. But at the end of the day, you don't actually have to do training, mm. right? That's you don't so make, interesting. You don't need to yeah. do it by law. Yeah. So it's not required. What I was saying to Maria is yeah. there's,
2: there's three types of groups in, in our industry. Like we've got the ones who will mm. definitely go and do a course and will not – do teeth whitening unless they're fully trained. And then there's people that they might only have an investment of, a say, let's say 10K, right? And they have to pay 10K to get equipment. So they don't actually have the money to do the training course, which mm-hmm. they would probably want to do it, but they don't have the money. And then there's these people that will not do it because they don't have to do it. So I really want to cover all of them. Like, yeah. Why wouldn't we? Like, There's so many different People and that need to be trained, and it, quite frankly, they all need to be trained. Whether they need like whether there's a, whether there is a guidelines or best
1: practice, yeah. I guess, it, and yeah. that's what. But in, at the end of the day, mm. there is no yeah. black and white law. Like it's you don't need training yeah. to do it within the realms of cosmetic mm-hmm. teeth whitening. Mm-hmm. So again, we've got our own motives as to why we want it to exist, but we can't change the law. Mm. The law is the way it yeah. is.
0: But through mm. IATW, right, so yeah. the purpose of it then is yeah. to provide training to professionals yeah. with yeah. the aim of, I mean, I should let you answer yeah. this Yeah, but basically
1: with the aim of making operators in the industry better, more confident and competent at actually mm. providing those services. Mm. And yeah. I think the problem that we've got at the moment is now as a dental provider, yes, you by law you need training, okay? We're, we're providing a slightly different service, but as a, I'll call them a teeth whitening technician with Mm. no medical or dental background, Mm -hmm. you can do cosmetic teeth whitening as a procedure on clients without any formal qualification whatsoever. And we would like to think that most people want to do the right thing.
2: 100%.
1: However, when you have an industry where all of a sudden it's open slather and people can go and do whatever they want, it will sometimes – Give rise to, let's say, more unscrupulous operators mm. who are in it to possibly make a quick buck, mm. um, who may cut corners, right? Mm. Who may just add it on to, let's say, which is, we want them to add it on to an existing business. It's great. We want their businesses to do well. But if they don't have the right training or they think it's really easy or they don't use the right products mm. or they possibly don't screen the client well enough, right? Because they didn't have training, right? Then all of a sudden we see a rise of more adverse reactions yes. or basically um issues that shouldn't have happened in the first place had they had some training. Mm. So we're trying to get and, the message and to out. Me there. Frank, we've had a
2: lot of people who yeah. currently do teeth whitening and then have come on to our course and they were like, oh we didn't know anything about this. Yeah. We wow. didn't we didn't even know how to apply it properly. Or we didn't even know whether that person could yeah. actually have it done, or whether yeah. it was ethical and, and it was for like, them to have it done, you've doing teeth whitening for two years prior to even coming to our training, and you didn't know this. And it just like blows my mind mm-hmm. away with how many, how many technicians don't actually know what they're doing, and they're they're claiming to be
1: teeth whiteners. And, and they're true. allowed to claim yeah. though. On that yeah. note, they can claim yeah, that they, they are they because are. there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. Exactly the right. law says it's fine. And with all due respect. You can't generally cause too much damage if you stick within the limitations of what's legally allowed. But then again, if you've had no training, how do you know what's legally allowed? Exactly. Right? And so that's where we find, you know, there's always somebody, it's like in any industry, you could even have a builder that's not trained properly, even though they need a license. You know, they they could claim that they had the right training, but they didn't. And then they go and do the wrong thing. It's the same thing. What we're trying to do is bring an element of standardization to actually lift the profile Mm. of what non-dental professionals, so these cosmetic teeth whitening technicians are doing. And I understand from the dental side how we are a little territorial, like who are these non-dental professionals with no university degree, no actual formal training coming into and encroaching our space? Do they know what they're doing? And unfortunately, yes, some of them have then made it a bad rap mm. for the rest of them because and I'll give a, a really just a, a blunt example. Um, somebody could come in with a mouthful of dental decay that's quite visible to somebody who's at least been trained or shown some photos as to what it looks like. But if you've had no training, the, the naked eye would look at it as, oh, that's just a stain on their front tooth, mm. right? Whereas if you actually know what to look yes. for, you'll be like, hang on, we can't whiten that out. You need to go and see a dentist and I'm not touching you. Yeah. So we teach when to actually say no. Mm -hmm. Like it's too hard basket. We can't
2: can't say, as a non-dentist, we can't say you have this, but it looks like you might have it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So it looks like you might have it, but it's best you go to a dentist before and then maybe come back to us after. It's been really good for a business like mine to to know what to look for and what not to look for.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I just love that the two of you have found this need because I do believe it's a need in the industry to really elevate those standards because every Everyone collectively benefits from that, right? Like from a consumer's perspective, mm-hmm. you have that assurance that, oh, the person that's coming to my house to widen my teeth has actually gone through some kind of accreditation. Like that's yes. really comforting to be honest. Cause I'm, I'm one of those people that I want to know that the person that's treating me knows what they're doing when yeah. it comes to anything. If you're going to touch me, whether it's my, my hair, my teeth, my yeah, skin, like it anything. Really it's your, like people's faces, face. hair,
1: hair, brows, skin, face. Yes. Like the, it's something that people see every day. Like I don't think anyone freaks out if they go and have a manicure at a at a nail salon, right? Like it's not as. But when it's on your face, face yeah, it, it is a big thing. And the mouth is a really private and intimate area, mm-hmm. right? And you just you don't need anyone doing the wrong thing. Yeah, and it's not. Again, like I stress, most people I believe are good people that want to try and do the right thing. But do you really want to take the risk with it? Yeah. That's why we want to, again, like I think the word elevate's great. We want to make sure that we increase the standards of what's actually out there.
0: Everyone collectively yeah. wins with yeah. that. Yeah. Exactly. And so, I, and I'm just conscious of time, but I'd love if you could just talk to me a little bit about, so, how do the roles in I- ATW between the two of you work? Was it really easy to determine? You know, these Sorry, are Alison, these so and Marie. You know, yeah. how did what was that thought process
1: like? Alison is the driver of growth and expanding it and soliciting business, essentially. So, um Alison, her her role in the company is that she's got an amazing network already because of Sparkling White. Okay, she's um big picture. Visionary, half glass full. like yeah, We should do this. You know, well, we, we should, should do this. <laughs> to go over my dead body. Um, so, so, so that. So she, she's big picture, visionary. Okay, um, and her role is, like I said, to drive business growth. Look at other um options. Uh, obviously, she's not needs to sign off on things, and I still need her help. But she brings growth in sales, of course, to get technicians and and clients basically over the line. She does all of that. My role is quite detail-orientated, so I'm more nitty-gritty, uh, the education side of things, the reading, the um, critiquing, what are we actually putting out there to everybody else. Um, upgrading. Upgrading more, mm-hmm. maybe contractual sort of things as well, so really getting in there with a fine-tooth comb. And you do a lot more of the business side of things as well. Yeah, money,
2: yeah,
1: uh, to- P&L statements, all that sort of stuff. Like that's my mm-hmm. sort of thing. I don't want to be the big visionary it's yeah. not my forte. And I'm so sort of regarding the social media,
2: you run it more probably than me. A bit of both, A bit of both, a bit of both. Yeah. Like if I'm
1: drowning in my actual work, Alison's yeah. jumping on there yeah. and doing it right, mm. and vice versa. Again, we're not a huge company. We've got a lot going on, but we're not a big company. So we're not. We're a very niche market, and that's fairly. Simple right. to manage. I think we can always improve, and I'm again. I'm not going to say that Alison and I have got it right. We don't. Like, we're, there's always ways that we could make it better, and we're always, you know, we do struggle to find time sometimes. Mm. Like, it's hard. It is hard mm. with um, how much else you yeah. have going on. And sometimes we admit we can look at it and go, "Crap, we haven't spent enough time on this, mm. or we're not ready, or we really need to pull our fingers out and dedicate more time, time. to this." Like, we're mm. not. We're not going to sit here and pretend like we've got it all together. And I think if anybody sits in general and pretends that they've got it all together, oh, they're lying. Because yeah, I also no believe. one does. No, yeah, like <laughs> no sometimes, you know, and I'm not going to say it's smoke and mirrors, it's not that, but, you know, sometimes I think everyone pretends like they've got it all together and everything's perfect. Well, no, they don't mm-hmm. actually. They don't at all. Um, so we're always working on that. But definitely visionary, big picture, me, detailed, half glass empty, <laughs> trying to find the mistakes. Like Alison will say, okay, let's put this out. And I'll go, no, no, no we can't do that, right, because that says this or that could be interpreted as this, so we've got to get rid of that because yeah, I can't have any of that. I'll send her a quote or
2: something and she's like, no, we can't put that Where's I the be- resource? I was- like who wrote that? <laughs> but it's actually really good that Marie's yeah. like that because, for example, I'll find something and I'll be like, this is a really good um. Training thing or something, she'll be like, No, Ellie, we can't put that out unless it's got factual behind it. And I'm like, Yeah, you know what? Find it first and then we'll put it out. So we yeah. know, I know between the two of us, we actually are putting out to the universal,
1: whatever we're putting it out to is real. Like yeah. it's 100% yeah. what it is. So, and we've gone into this know. really with, like, I guess a unanimous sort of um, idea. For best practice, you know, mm. we just want the right people out there doing it. And I always—it's so funny because when I talk about it with my dental colleagues, right? So basically, and I joke about this: everyone that hates Alison or people like Alison, <laughs> a lot of people do. Fifty percent right? of people hate Fifty percent of people, yeah, like you. yeah. It's, not, it's not traditional, right? And dentists are traditional, okay? Yes. Generally speaking, the board for years has sort of tried to advocate and shut down the the likes of what Alison does mm. or people like Alison now. That hasn't worked, that hasn't been successful. And I understand why coming from my perspective. I totally get it. But if that's not going to be shut down, which I don't think it will ever be shut down, okay, if that's never going to be shut down, well, then instead of sitting there complaining about it, why don't we at least help those people to make them better at the services that they are basically providing for the public, Mm. which is essentially what Alison and I got together to do. Yeah. Yeah. Let's make the industry a a bit safer. Yeah.
2: And uh, so last- Last course I had some people on it from quite a big um, network and um, I got a message from them after because I don't run the theory. So I run the practical and Maria runs the theory. So that's kind of we have like Saturday and Sunday she does the Saturday, I do the Sunday kind of thing. So we've also been at the start, we were kind yeah. of both there for the Saturday and both there for the Sunday. And then we kind of be like, okay, this is your part, this is my part, let's let's work together. Divide and conquer. and mm-hmm. um, I got a message from one of the bosses from that particular company, and they were like, Okay, we have cool sculpting, we have some of the biggest, biggest type of body treatments going on and the training is nothing like that. Ooh. She said that was the best training I've ever been to. And I was Gosh. like and like she couldn't keep yeah. she couldn't keep telling me and I, I was like I really like I'm so happy because I'm so glad that I went into business with Maria because this is the reason why I went into business. I personally know I would not be able to deliver the way Maria delivers it. And and I knowledge- know that
1: I'm not going to have the reach if I didn't have Allison. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So like, it's like her network it's is like invaluable. we need each
2: other to be this company like yes. we could not be each other, this company one Without on one the other. exactly yeah. and it's it, it's really cool and then when you do the practical it's like cuz maria's so in depth about what she's done in in the theory the practical actually makes sense because you can tell someone how to do something but unless there's a theory or facts behind it which Maria's really good at it, it works really well it So, does. yeah it was pretty cool when someone said that the, the, the course was better than school CoolSculpting I mean, which is a billion dollar company what <laughs> incredible <laughs>
0: feedback yeah. I mean I think that if you're getting those mm. kinds of reviews from mm. people that have gone through the training it's a testament of mm. what you have co-created yeah. is so comprehensive mm-hmm. and in depth and obviously with your like technical knowledge yeah. and experience mm-hmm. and then your practical experience it's mm-hmm. just very, very comprehensive and and a really fulsome program. Mm -hmm. So I think that is so incredible that you've been able to to create that together. And I just have like one or two quick questions before we jump into our rapid fire round. And I wanted to ask for say the audience that's listening or for anyone that's thinking about going into business, whether Mm -hmm. it's with a friend or a Friend of me, of me, I
1: like that oh,
0: word. Uh, what <laughs> advice would you give them? Like, I feel like do the two it. of you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> just do it. Like,
2: don't think about it. Just do it and learn on the way. Mm. Because the yeah. more you think about it, the more things that come up. And you know what? Most of the time, this is what I always say to people. There might be a problem, and then you might actually change one thing, and that problem doesn't even exist anymore. Mm. So, my, most of the time, just do it and learn on the way.
0: I love it. Yeah.
1: Going I, I No, I agree. I think back yourself. Like just yeah. do it. If you want do to do it. something, um, ju- just jump in there with two feet. Mm-hmm. I've jumped in with two feet myself for, let's say, all different little facets in my yeah. life. Some have worked. Yep. Some haven't worked, mm-hmm. right? And sure, we all, we're only human, right? We all look back and we go, oh, damn, I shouldn't have done that. Or mm-hmm. I, it, we all, when I say... I'm not going to say we don't have regrets. I think we all have regrets to an extent, right? Mm-hmm. Like I probably shouldn't have done that or I didn't look into this enough. Mm-hmm. I didn't base my decision on yeah. sort of hard evidence, right? It, it happens, but we're only human. So be kind to yourself. But if it generally feels right, mm. jump in and do it. Mm. Yeah.
0: Follow your gut
1: instinct. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And we're going to jump into our rapid fire round and and – I don't mind who starts first, but um the first question I wanted to ask is what is one piece of advice that you'd give to your 20-year-old self?
1: <laughs> Literally what I just said, just back yourself and do it. Yeah. Like and I look back now and there are th- certain things that I did in my early 20s. And I'm glad I did it. Like I'm glad that I sort of I closed my eyes and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna do it. I'm gonna sign on the piece of paper and I'm just gonna like, you know take that loan like good stuff by the way not for silly money right? but like, <laughs> but like yep I'm going to do that I'm going to buy this or I'm going to save this up to to invest in that like I just did it and mm-hmm. I remember at the time like I started and this is now a personal thing I started investing at sort of a, a quite a young age mm-hmm. and I didn't really know what I was doing I just came mm-hmm. out of uni like I'm mm-hmm. on a on a post-grad salary of about fifty five sixty thousand dollars $60,000 a year and I just sort of saved up whatever I could and I just jumped mm-hmm. in Right, but again, I had my own motivators Mm. as to why I was doing that. But again, back yourself, just Mm. do it.
0: Yeah, Yeah. love it. Question two, what is one thing that you've gotten better at saying no to? And a part two to that question is for anyone that struggles to say no, how do you do it?
1: I'm going to say, I'm not going to say insignificant social events, but sometimes I know that I just, I need to say no because I can't fit everything in. And whilst one-on-one time with friends is really important to me, sometimes I like to see like all my friends together, like have the big girl chat, five of us in one room. Let's bang it out. Right. Cause like, like five dinners in one week, it's easier to just go like one dinner, five of you. Right. <laughs> totally. So just sometimes, you know, saying no to sometimes social things, just so you can get on top of yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. Because you've still got a family, you've still got work. Um, you still need, like me time and rest time. So I'm putting like time boundaries on things. So I'll go to things, but I know in my head, I'm vacating that event at nine. Yeah. Like I'm getting out. I don't care if everyone's going to stay on and keep drinking and, and, and have a banter. Like I've got a hard stop on, you know. 7 to 9 or like mm. I'm going to be out on Saturday night but I'm going to be home by 10.30 because I need to be bed in early, up early the next day or yeah. whatever it is. You just need to have boundaries yeah. like that. Mine's, mine used to be I felt too
2: guilty to say no to anyone, so I'd just do it anyway and then I'd be like, why did I do this? You just wasted all my time. But now I'm like very, I don't feel guilty anymore. If I say no, I say no, and I'm not changing my answer. Yeah. Mm. That's, and I know that there's a reason why you said no, so just go with what you've said. Don't back on what you think that you should have said
0: yes great yeah. advice yeah. question three is what is the best investment that you've ever made and it could be anything you've invested like your money time energy any kind of resources into
2: Pilates <laughs> oh, I love it so <laughs> every day every day it's say? the best thing I ever do like because I leave and I'm I'm in a clear mindset I can yeah I think it's really important I think number one you have to be clear to be a good person and you have to be really good leader and you ha- from the top and you can't be a good leader if you're not happy within yourself Yes, and you, you're you not clear within yourself. So you want to bring the energy of happiness and all that with, within your company. You have to be happy from the top. If you're all this cranky old Allison that hasn't had any sleep, that <laughs> that's taking, me on, when I'm tired. taking <laughs> on too many things, that can't say no to anyone, then how are you going to be a good business person? Totally. So investment is look after yourself, you know what? I get my hair done twice a week. Rania comes to my house. I love that. these things are good yes. investments that you need to make for yourself. I mean, houses and all that. Yes, like one hundred percent. But like, you can't put money on being happy within yourself mm. and like healthy. You being can't good to you yourself. Can't die with
1: with your money if you're not healthy. Do you exactly. know what I mean? So
2: health is number one for me.
0: I could not agree more,
1: Maria. I wish I could say Pilates, but it's not. (laughs) Um, Mine was getting a professional coach. Yes, do you know what is changed? It's it's actually changed. Like uh, again, traditional upbringing. So I'm skeptical of everybody, right? (laughs) And 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 so skeptical, and I'm like, oh, shrink. Like, are you kidding? Mm -hmm. Um, And again, it's not like that whole thing. Like, it's still quite new to me, but what won me over is the idea of a professional coach because they are probably part psychologist, right? But at the same time, they come in from a different angle. Yes. And and I was okay with that. Like I was very open to that. Right. Um, And I've got to say, I started, you know, it's been you know going on for a while now and I have incredibly regular sessions with him and he's actually changed my life in terms of the way I negotiate things. Sure. We all have our good moments and bad moments, Um, that's normal. We're still only human, but just the way I view, uh, I guess, in particular moments of adversity Mm -hmm. and challenge Yes, and how am I going to overcome that? Plus it's a very safe space. So in other words, if I'm stressed out, whoever I'm going to go and complain to or vent to, sometimes like you don't know in what context that's going to be received. Mm -hmm. Whereas in in this space, I can just blurt it out. Mm -hmm. Um, We can unpack it Mm -hmm. in a very, very safe and secure area without any judgment whatsoever, and then we can sort of dive a bit deeper into, well, why is that happening? But I definitely, I'd say, a professional question. Such a great investment. because it hasn't been an easy couple of years with COVID and and lots of things, right, and that has really just changed the way I view things. Mm. I agree. Yeah. Investing in yourself,
0: number one. I could not agree more. Question four, what is one motto quote or saying that you live by or just like a favourite quote that you might have?
1: Can I crack a joke here and say, "Keep your friends close, friends yeah, closer." <laughs> oh God, that's the theme of this
0: episode.
1: <laughs> yeah, my, so you my can absolutely. Day, least my dad always that. tells me,
2: "Never keep anyone waiting." Mm. always so like it's really important because like don't be late to like a today. Like oh. don't. If you say you're going to be somewhere, do it or like, because like a lot of the time there was, I was getting really busy with work and I couldn't actually commit to a lot of things and I, you know, be late on things. I'd be late on looking after my staff and it used to get to me a lot. I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. So I decided that I'm not going to be late to anything.
0: And yeah. I can vouch for that. I mean, we had this in the diary from weeks ago, right? And you both showed up like over twenty minutes early. So I'm yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah, the OCD
1: kicking like in. <laughs> no, yeah,
2: don't ever keep anyone waiting. I think it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a really important thing. Mm, no
0: I one wants that. to wait. Yeah, it's for being respectful for other mm-hmm. people's time as well. And and final question is, what habit? Routine or ritual has most positively impacted your life? I feel like I could probably answer that. I'm to <laughs> say, my coach, my yeah. coach. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. What, what, what habit or routine? I think routine is like
0: routine. something that you get up and do every day that it's like a lay
1: my clothes out the night before. Yeah. Oh, Maria, that's I, sickening. Well, that, yeah. See, she you can't too. Over, yeah. We're
0: the same. Yeah, that, I feel that, like that actually yeah.
1: makes me so when I'm in bed. It's so weird. Right? Like I go to bed at night and you're thinking about your day and my mind's always still ticking. And, yes, I do check my phone before bed. I'd like to say I don't look at the blue light, but guess what? I do, right? It puts <laughs> I love me to sleep when I know my inbox is cleared, yeah. right? Yeah. So anyway, and then I think to myself, oh, great, yep, yeah, I've checked the weather yeah. and I've gone to see if going to be raining, whatever it is, and my clothes are laid out so literally when I get up in the morning, I okay, know. Where I'm at, totally. You know, to me, that's really
0: important. Also, decision fatigue is a real yep. thing, and it's like I don't want to waste my prime time yep. first thing in the morning obsessing about my outfit. I want to leave that to last thing at night when I don't have to think or yep. make any other decisions. But I mean, you've got your two decision per rule, mm. two de- two decision per day yeah. rule, which is but awesome. I keep that
1: decision, like I'm also yeah. lucky, I get to wear scrubs at work yeah. every day, right? So I mean, yeah, I'm, that, I'm yeah. very casual, right? But like, I'm in my, the office now, so mine's yeah. not notice, as
2: like and it- it's not as dressy as it used to be because I was with clients a lot, so I can wear, like, my gym clothes to work. Yeah,
1: my, my yeah. daytime attire is actually generally yeah. very mellow. And oh. so I keep it very simple, yeah. the same thing, you know, not the same thing but, you know, like within the realms of, but definitely the before, put my clothes out.
0: I Don't love that. <laughs> I love it. And before we wrap up, are there any final thoughts, messages, anything that you want to share with our audience?
1: I think the most important thing is in particularly – in your if anyone's listening who's in their sort of in particularly early 20s mid 20s right if you're thinking of making a jump into something um different do it now like don't wait because it's an incredible time in your 20s and it doesn't mean you can't do it in your 30s or 40s right but when you're in your 20s like i said you've got this insatiable appetite and energy that you probably won't get back and When you do get older, things happen. Parents get older. Responsibilities Mm -hmm. change, you know, in particular if you come from that strong sort of family network or, you know, your health might not be as good as what it was when you're in your 20s. Things do change and sometimes your decisions are dictated by, unfortunately, the personal circumstances of your own and those around you, whereas the younger you are, it's just an amazing time to jump in and do it. Don't,
2: like money will follow, but find something that you love first, have passion in what you do, go out and do it every single day and the rewards will come. But I think a lot of people in today's society, they think that they're going to start a a business and they're going to be rich tomorrow. It takes minimum 10 years for an overnight success. So Mm. you've got to go out there and work hard and follow what you love, make mistakes, do it again, make another mistake Do it again, you know, and just keep learning, but don't go out there and have these expectations where tomorrow I'm going to be
1: able to retire because it's not going to be like that. You're going to have a rude shock if you think like that. I've got to add on that. To be sensible, like, Mm -hmm. if you're talking about business, to be sensible at a young age with your money. Yeah. So, whatever you are earning, (laughs) yeah, like, don't go and blow it on. Like I've got to go and lease a really expensive car to look cool, yes. right? Like I'm not saying leasing's bad, right? But I'm just saying if you're just on a normal salary, yeah. um, you know, and, and you're slowly working your way up in the world, you don't need to go and lease the expensive car and get a personal loan out to go and buy a Rolex and and all this sort of stuff because it makes you look good. Like just mm, live within your means. Yeah, totally. Yes. Yes. Don't spend above what you're earning like in – go and get credit cards for silly things. It sounds so simple, but I feel like so many people
0: fall into that trap, especially now with social Social media. media. Everyone's trying to keep up. Everyone's trying to look like they're successful. So, oh, my goodness. Well, (laughs) we we will wrap up, but where's the best place for people to connect with each of you,
1: learn more about
0: IATW?
1: So I think if anyone wants to connect with us personally, it would be our personal instagram handles um which we sort of talk about all of our sort of you know business day-to-day sort of activities and then uh, and i think we'll make those handles available maybe at the end i'll, of put, the, I'll
0: put them in the um show notes for great, everyone amazing yeah.
1: and then if anyone was listening today who was an aspiring possibly teeth whitening technician who perhaps has been following myself or if not Alison and the sparkling white smile journey and is thinking of actually getting into whether it be mobile teeth whitening or it could be um Offering teeth whitening as an adjunct to their already existing business. They could have a hairdressing sale on the skincare business. It could be anything like that. Um, then by all means, please reach out to IOTW education, which we'll pop the handle in on the show notes too. And uh, we'd be more than happy to speak with you and drop us an email
0: amazing thank you thank so you. much i've loved having you both on the show We've and loved and considering this is the first time we actually met i'm so glad <laughs> I that i you followed. you knew each other yeah, I know. <laughs> it was like the first time and i'm like i'm so glad i followed my instinct in reaching out yeah. so thank you for being here it's been an amazing conversation thanks, thanks laura and thanks so much to everyone for listening bye for now
2: thank you so much for listening to another episode of the boss in heels podcast Be sure to visit bossinheels.com for a ton of information, resources and
0: articles on all things career and personal development. And subscribe to this podcast for all future episodes.